You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. And finally, our third sponsor is 988. The Oklahoma 988 Mental Health Lifeline, 988 is a direct three-digit lifeline that connects you with trained behavioral health professionals that can get all Oklahomans the help that they need. Learn more by visiting 988oklahoma.com. That's 988oklahoma.com. And now, let's get into today's episode. Got a photography-related podcast for you today. As you know, one of our main partners is Bedford's Camera in Oklahoma City, and they are putting on an epic conference, October 20th to 22nd, PhotoCon. And I have one of the speakers with me today, a guy who I've met, I think, what, two or three years ago we met, Tony? Yeah, it was about then. Um, But excited to hear your story, dive into what you do, fascinated about kind of your travel and how you take people on, it seems like, photography expeditions. So, but before we get into all that stuff, tell me kind of where you're coming from today and then a little bit about you. So my name is Tony Aber, and if you look at my last name, uh, it just looks like Hebert, but my family's from Southern Louisiana, so it's got that French Creole uh, pronunciation that's Aber. It's like the two words A and Bear put together. Uh, I usually just stick with Hebert most of the time because if I say Aber, everybody starts writing it with an A, but uh, I don't think people really care about my last name that much, but just to clarify that, so I... I'm uh, coming from Ada, Oklahoma. That's where I live. It's where my wife and I live, uh, down here in southeast Oklahoma. Um, it's a great place. I love it down here. It's not a, it's not a great big bustling city. I am not a great big bustling city kind of guy. I like to be out away from all of that, uh, which I think speaks to my photography and my love for the great outdoors and going places that aren't uh, very populated. So... Um, I got, if you want to, you want me to go into how I got into photography? Yeah. I mean, that was okay. my next question. So yeah, go for it. Sure. Yeah. So I started, uh, photography actually in high school and that's where I first picked up a camera. Prior to that, I, I grew up in a household that was very artistic. My mother and my uh, grandmother were excellent artists. They were really amazing at, at painting and drawing and they could they could do some amazing things and uh, they really really tried uh bless them they tried to get me to uh, express some creativity through those mediums and i did i tried i wanted to be good at it but i was terrible <laughs> it was so bad i could not do anything uh very well uh in that regard so when i got to high school uh, i picked uh, photography as an elective my freshman year and to be honest with you I did that because I was also on the track team and 
the photography elective was taught by the track coach. So uh, I don't know how it is these days, but back then, if you saw an elective taught by a coach, you assumed it was going to be an easy A. Well, that was a bad assumption on my part because uh, not only was the track coach a great track coach, he was also an excellent photographer and very passionate about the subject of photography. So it was not an easy A, but uh, that, that first freshman year was, uh, I found my medium uh, was a camera. And I was very fortunate in that not only did I have that option to take uh, photography as an elective, uh, the photography room had a lab attached to it that was a dark room, and it was a great big dark room. So, you know, we got to learn not only the ins and outs of, you know, fully manual film cameras, but how to develop the film and, you know, develop prints from the film. So I spent four years, I took all, you know, photography one through four um, in that, and I just completely immersed myself with it, and I absolutely loved every every second of it and what i didn't realize at the time is that i was building the foundation of what would become a, a career uh later in life and I'm, I'm so thankful for that whole experience and for for mr hawkins and and how he was very passionate about photography and uh, very very hard on his photography students so that was in a good way hard in a good way it was awesome experience for that uh shortly after uh, high school you know, a few years after I was, you know, I still shot. I still kept doing doing my thing. I had this huge love of landscapes, and I loved uh, the, the opportunities that were present in Oklahoma as far as you know, getting out and traveling and going and seeing beautiful things and, and shooting it. And, you know, I was all about it, and I loved it, so I kept building a, a basically a portfolio. And... I had an opportunity to sit down with some people with the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department, and they liked what they saw. One thing led to another. I started shooting for them, and that's how I got my my foot in the door in the professional world. And it's been it's been a journey ever since. Ever since I've you know since uh, explored past the state lines of Oklahoma, and uh, you know I fell in love with uh, the night sky. And, you know, when you're out shooting landscapes, you know, at, at sunset, you, you typically are going to be out past sunset proper and, you know, you're going to be out when it gets dark. And so it's easy to look up and, you know, start to imagine, wow, this is awesome. How do I capture this? How do I capture this with a landscape so that I have detail in both the, the landscape and the night sky? How do I, how do I do this? And, you know, I got really immersed in that and that's, that's my my niche now. It's my genre uh, for the most part. I do I do enjoy standard you know uh, landscape, and I do enjoy wildlife photography. Uh, I don't shoot a lot of people. I'm not a people photographer uh, for the most part, unless you're a close friend, you know. But other than that, um, I love my night skies and I love my uh, my landscapes put together. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how you kind of put that together. Was uh, was Mr. Hawkins an equally tough wrestling coach as well? Uh, track coach, and yes, 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 yeah. I was I was not built for speed by any means. I, I don't. When we say track, I was not running. I was throwing shot put and discus. So he was uh, he was very very in a in a good loving way. He was a tough coach. So which we need more of in the world, I think. 
Yes, absolutely. But, I wholly agree. Yeah. So, and the, and the beauty of where you are at the moment is great for night sky too, right? It's because you don't have, you know, light pollution. It's very easy for you to get away, especially down in Ada. I'm sure there's some great night skies, but you mentioned traveling and, and crossing state lines, which I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit, but what kind of, you know, what was that, you know, when you graduate and, and you're still doing a bit of photography, but what, you know, when you get that moment where you just said, like, you get to make a bit of money from the state and tourism side of things, I mean, was, was photography just kind of side gig at that point? Like, what else were you doing at that point? So, you know, I mean, I, you know, of course, you know, I had the, the typical jobs like we all have when we're younger. You know, the, my, my first job was ever working was in a movie theater and then I worked in a grocery store. I think that's that's pretty ubiquitous for most people. But the only thing I never did was uh, um, food service. I never worked in a restaurant or anything like that. I know a lot of people do that when they're, you know, young and starting out. Um, never did that, but you know, I had pretty much all the other same jobs. Um, I was kind of listless, you know, as a younger, younger person, I didn't really know what I really, really wanted to do. Um, but around the age of 18, 19, I had this desire to, uh, become, uh, join law enforcement and become a, become a police officer. So, uh, I did actually, I started working for a county jail and when I became old enough to become a cop, you know, at 21, uh, I was able to go through the, the academy and become an officer. And so at, uh, at, at a time in my life for, you know, a while, I had two full-time jobs that I was able to balance, which I'm not sure how I balanced that, but, but it did. Uh, I did somehow. And uh, through the course of some uh, interesting events that happened to me personally, which I, I'll certainly talk about, I don't mind sharing, uh, but we can talk about it later or if you want me to go into it now. Sure, uh, I was, I'm all ears. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, six years ago, I had, a, uh, I had an aneurysm in my, in my aorta that tore a dissection through my aorta and my aortic valve. And honestly, I should have died uh, right when it right when it happened. But uh, to make a very, very long story short, uh, I lived in the hospital for, you know, 30 some odd days. I had two back-to-back open-heart surgeries uh, within 14 days of each other. Uh, I coded four times in the hospital, and they had to revive me. So it was quite the, quite the journey. And... You know, I, I came out of it uh, beyond beyond lucky. I mean, the good Lord was was certainly looking out for me in that. Um, I can do pretty much anything I want now, uh, but there are some restrictions that took me away from being able to be an active police officer. Uh, so now I am back to being just one job now, which is a little bit more easier to, to manage. Uh, so I, I do enjoy being a full-time photographer. So that's, that's kind of how I got to where I am now. Uh, yeah. And I just jumped in full both feet and said, let's do it. Right. Let's go. That's, oh. yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. Like the, the amount of, I mean, there's nothing probably faces you now cause you've been through that, right? Like it's like, there's, there's, there's bigger problems in the world. And now that you've got through what, you know, the experiences that you've been through, it's uh you know having a photography business is is a piece of cake 
you know, to me, it really is. I don't sweat the small stuff anymore because uh, I realize the, the small stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, as much as we used to usually think it does. So, yeah. So, obviously, from that moment, then you're clearly all in to the photography, and you probably, it's probably good for your health to be outdoors as well and in peaceful night sky. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, there's, there's something very cathartic uh, about being out there, even if, even if I'm not shooting and I've got a group of uh, clients that I've taken out into the field. It's still, for me, it's just, it's an amazing time that, uh, really does does my soul good yeah so to that point then i know obviously the business evolves and, and you get to a point where you are taking out people into you know and doing trips and, and now people can book and i'll link uh your website in the description so people go check that out on your social media pages but tell me kind of how that happens and how that the business evolves into you taking you know people on on road trips and then you know three or four night stays out into other states yeah so you know, I, I've got I got tons of experience and you know plenty of years of experience under my belt and you know going out and shooting and, and doing my own stuff and you know turning around and selling my work or you know having my work published and, and whatnot and you know there was just something that was that was lacking. Um, I've always been a person who's been you know, great with being in front of people or being okay with being in front of people. And, uh, in fact, I, I had started in middle school, to be honest with you, I, I, I signed up for drama, right. In middle school. And one of the first things that I ever really trying to recall my first experience being on stage in front of people is my, my middle school did this like USO show thing. Um, basically a, you know, a couple hours worth of different skits and stuff like that. And it was for the middle school, the high school and all the teachers and all this stuff. And I decided to do this stand up comedy routine, right. That I totally ripped off from, you know, a famous comedian. It was nothing original, but it was just me and a microphone and a chair on stage. And I recall, uh, I wasn't nervous. You know, I had no stage fright at all. And, so throughout high school, a little bit after, uh, I was, you know, I stayed in, in drama and theater, uh, did some Shakespeare in the park stuff. And, uh, you know, even in my law enforcement career, I was, uh, an instructor, uh, in, in different mediums and, uh, defensive tactics. So I was, you know, I've been in front of people, you know, speaking and, and teaching. So it just kind of, there was something missing in the photography side of it, um, as a whole, uh, I was fulfilling the, my artistic side of it, but I wanted to share, I wanted to teach. And that, that really was the catalyst for how it became, um, what it is now. And I was actually, uh, probably eight years ago. Now I, I was in big bend national park down in Southwest Texas and I was just shooting for myself and I ran into another photographer who uh, was, he's from Colorado and he was down there scoping out the area and he was, we struck up a, a rapport and a friendship and he was telling me how he does workshops and he certainly uh, made it sound fantastic, sound, made it sound amazing. And I thought to myself at the time, I was like, that's it. That's what I'm missing. That's, that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to share 
not only my passion, but the knowledge that I've gained. And, you know, I want to take people out to these places. I want them to see night skies like this. I want them to see locations like this. And, you know, from that little seed, everything else has, has grown. And it's, it's been, it's been a pretty cool journey. And I just, just came back from, from one a couple of days ago, uh, two, so two workshops back to back, uh, out in uh, Northwestern New Mexico. So. Yeah. There's yeah. something special too about getting a group of people together and like taking them out somewhere, but just getting them away from their normal life, getting them away from, you know, cell phones and being out in the countryside, especially in the dark, you know, and just kind of having that immersive experience, right. You're all kind of staying together, probably, you know, you're all kind of in you together for an extended period of time. And that just builds like a really cool bond with people but then obviously they get the value from learning and then able to take their friends or, or, you know, there's nothing worse than going to a place and you've seen this incredible site in front of you and you take a photo of it and it's not the same as what you get, you know, when you get, <laughs> um, you know, and you can't really explain that to your friends, but that's, that's really good. I'm sure it's uh it's a lot of fun and extremely fulfilling as well for you to do that. Oh, very much so. Very much so. And that's, you know, speaking about people who, who aren't maybe not necessarily they're used to seeing that type of thing. And I think now I'm, I'm kind of getting to a point where I'm, I'm, I'm taking it for granted to a degree almost because I, I have the ability to go out and see all that all the time. And it always amazes me when I have clients who, who come with me and they've, you know, it's their first trip out to, you know, a, a dark sky location or, you know, any place like that. And they live in somewhere like Chicago or, new york city or, or what have you and they've never seen it they've never seen it and they're so amazed they're so amazed uh, at what they can see in the night sky because they're so far away from all that light pollution it's it's pretty cool it's pretty very cool um i try not to take it for granted because uh i i think that would be a bad thing but it's just it's it's so cool to, to see everybody else every their reactions and how they uh, how they you know, just feel in the moment when that really, and that first thing happens like that. So. Yeah. Like when you're looking up and then I'm just kind of looking at the backdrop photo on your website, you know, and you're looking up at the, the Milky way and thousands of stars in the sky, you know, and, and for the most part, the sad reality is, you know, if you live in a big city, you only see that because you see a photo like yours that someone has taken, you know, very rarely you get to go out and experience it. So right. That's super special. But so where, you know, where is all, do you travel quite, you know, quite a lot? Is there a certain hotspots you go to? Like if someone's wants to sign up for, you know, and go to these workshops, like where, where's kind of like the, the, the spots that you generally take people to. So if, uh, to, to speak generally, we could say that for the, the night sky workshops, it's everything in the, you know, Western United States for the most part. Uh, if you were to look at a light pollution map of the United States, you know, the, the drop off, there's a, a basically a dividing line. Uh, it's almost a straight line, but not quite. Uh, that splits the United States in the East and Western half. And the Eastern half is light polluted. And of course, I'm speaking generally. Uh, and the Western half is very much so not as much light pollution. So, you know, the places that we go is certainly uh, Southwest Texas, Big Bend National Park, which is probably one of the darkest night skies in the contiguous United States. Uh, Moab, um, actually all over Utah, right? Um, Moab is, is home to Arches and Canyonlands National Park. So there's two national parks right next to each other. So that's great. 
Guelph um, is a little bit further south from there, and and you've got Monument Valley down there. You've got Valley of the Gods. You've got all kinds of you know really really crazy beautiful places and really dark night skies. Um, more towards uh, south central Utah is Torrey, and there you've got Capitol Reef National Park, which of the the mighty five national parks in Utah, uh, it's the least visited. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's just because it's shadowed, overshadowed by Bryce, Zion, and Arches and, and Canyonlands. But it's a beautiful park and great, great night skies. And just outside of that area, uh, you've got the Utah Badlands um, near Hanksville, where you've got some really cool, crazy structures and some crazy, awesome night skies as well. Uh, we go into Wyoming, Montana. Alaska, we go to Alaska for the Aurora, and we do some uh, bear photography in Alaska, but that's, that's not related to the night skies. Uh, just a, just a, the, fact, the environment that you're in, right? It's just there. <laughs> it's just there, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, you know, like Death Valley, Joshua Tree, you know, we go out places like that in California. So the West, <laughs> we go West. That's, that's where we go. Uh, which is, you know, awesome. It's all stunning places. And, you know, I found it, you know, after, you know, a lot of my business in national parks and a lot of the workshops are centered around national parks. But crazy thing is, uh, even the ones that are, you know, close to each other, uh, I, I haven't found one national park that looks exactly like another one. They're all different, uh, which, is, which is so cool. And they're all uh, beautiful in their own way. So, yeah, the Alaska trip must be fun. I mean, there's a photo on your Instagram of a, of a kind of seaplane that you took a photo of that, you know, it seems like that's the, the way to travel out there. It is, yeah. And that uh, when we do our, our wildlife stuff in Alaska, we do our bear photography up there. We, to get to where we go uh, to, to shoot these bears, uh, yeah, it's, that's how we get there, right? We fly from, from Anchorage on a, on a pedal jumper, you know, a little plane like that. And go across uh, Cook Inlet, and we we land on a on a beach in a pretty remote part of Alaska, and it's it's a lot of fun. We stay out there for you know a few days, and we interact with these bears, and uh, we have some amazing experiences. And it's it's a very special place on Earth where humans and these bears can interact, and there's no there's no, it's, it's the strangest feeling, right? There's a connection there. Uh, there's no fear, right? And the bears aren't uh, trying to hurt you. Uh, of course, if you tried to walk up and pet one, you would be without an arm. So there's a, there's a line you can cross. But uh, it's a very, very special place. And we enjoy going out there because you can get some remarkable, remarkable images. And you know, beyond that, you can have some amazing experiences uh, and connections with a that you, you usually can't yeah yeah no doubt and and for people listening that might be just decided to listen to interested in taking a workshop take take us through kind of say say you're going to somewhere in new mexico or the one you've just been through what what can people expect when they go on on your workshops how many days is it and and kind of what what is the package so the amount of days is is directly relative to the style of workshop that we're doing uh, for the night sky workshops. What I've found is 
a three-day workshop is pretty perfect for that um, because if I do more than that, uh, people get exhausted uh, with the night sky workshop. So typically, uh, there'll be three days long for the night sky workshops. And the first day is the first five, five-ish hours, six hours, our classroom, right? So I, I have a whole presentation. We go through an entire um, workup on, you know, what your camera settings should be, you know, how to, how to capture this, how to, how to shoot for noise reduction and so forth and so on. And of course I have everybody with their cameras in class and we're going through, we're, we're working through menu settings, right? We're getting everything ready to rock and roll. Uh, because it's a lot easier to do in a classroom uh, with lights on than it is to do it in the field for the first time uh, when it's dark. And then we go out that night and we go out and we shoot, we, we shoot uh, landscapes. We shoot our, uh, we shoot those landscapes for foreground purposes. And then we'll, you know, when it gets dark and the Milky Way is up, uh, we shoot the night sky. Uh, depending on where we're at, we may be able to light some scenes and do some different cool effects with lighting uh, on certain uh, foreground elements, be it structures or, or rock formations or things of that nature. Um, and then we'll, you know, in that instance, we'll shoot the, the foreground of the night sky together. Um, and then, you know, that we stay out until we get the shots and everybody's, you know, ready to go to bed. So we'll go back to the, the hotel and we get up the next day and we come right back into the classroom. And that's when we jump right into post-processing and I take everybody through the entire uh, process of, of working through an image from, from the, the second you load it onto your, your laptop all the way through to a, a final image. And that night, uh, we go back out. So we kind of wash, rinse, repeat uh, on, on shooting out in the field. We go to different locations that second night, and we shoot some more. And then the third day is a full day of classroom where we jump into some more uh, in-depth topics like uh, compositing. So that's why we shoot those foregrounds. We can take those night skies and put it over the, the foreground. And the, the, you know, the reason why we do that is there's uh, some images that you just can't light the foreground because they're too big. Um, uh, like mountain ranges, for example, you know, you've got a great big mountain range. It looks beautiful and you want to put a night sky above it. Good luck trying to light that unless you shoot it during the day uh, and you use a great big ball of fire in the sky to light your foreground. Um, so I certainly teach everybody how to do that. So my workshops, when I, that when I decided I wanted to start doing workshops, I wanted to be different and that's why I use the, the, the word unique in my little tagline there. It's there for a reason. So I wanted to be unique. And, you know, offering the in-depth post-processing training that I do, uh, I feel is, is very unique. Um, also, when we're out in the field, um, I have two other uh, adjunct instructors that, that work for me. Um, neither me nor them operate a camera. So while we're out there, we're 100% about the students. We're not out there trying to build our own portfolios or anything like that. Uh, the only time you'll see one of us operating a camera is if uh, they're, you know, they're taking some promotional shots, you know, some people messing with their cameras and all that stuff. And other than that, no one's not, no one on the team, you know, for us is, is shooting. So it's, 
that's certainly pretty unique. So, yeah. But. Yeah, it's a blast. Immerse the experience, right? They get to, you know, the the great thing about photography is you can learn while you're doing it. You know, it's yes. not it's not like golf, for example, where you kind of <laughs> you are kind of learning, but you're also getting frustrated. Like your coach is telling you what to do, and then you know an hour later you go on the golf course and it's it, you hit it sideways. Right. You know the the photography thing. It, it's such a cool experience, and there's so much satisfaction from getting that photo and being in that moment. Is Moving a little forward then, is this kind of what you're going to talk about at Photocon this year? So what I'm going to talk about at Photocon this year is Milky Way planning. Okay. Uh, planning shoots for the Milky Way and, excuse me, uh, actually photographing the Milky Way. Uh, that that's the, the first half of that is a pretty big topic. And I'll be honest with you, you know, years upon years upon years ago, when I, when I really decided I wanted to start photographing the night sky and the, and the Milky Way, I thought, you know, the, the best way to do it was to grab all my gear, put it in the car and on a clear night and say, okay, I'm going to drive, you know, two hours this way to get away from light pollution. And let me tell you, to be that cavalier, uh, it was, I was successful, uh, maybe a handful of times, right? I got lucky a handful of times. But when I started to actually stop and think about what I was doing and planning what I was doing, uh, I, the, my success rate uh, rose considerably. So uh, that, that first initial topic there about planning for Milky Way shoots or planning your, your shots, uh, it's pretty in-depth, more in-depth than you know most people would think. And that's certainly something that I want to convey to everybody, uh, mainly just learn from my own mistakes, right? So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think people who, you know, who haven't been to Photocon in the past, you know, I think they definitely should because it's such a cool experience. You know, it's it's a great place to go meet, you know, like photographers, but also, you know, people who are in all sorts of genres, you know, like you for night photography, there's portrait photographers there, you know, there's, I did a social media talk a couple of years ago, like there's so much stuff to learn, but also you've got everyone in the industry that you want there, right? So you've got all the cameras yeah. you want to try, you can loan out some stuff. I know, I think the Thursday night this year, they've got food trucks, um, you know, so there's like a big kind of like interactive part of it as well. You know, you're not just going to a class to, listen to a speaker and you're actually going out and shooting in the morning, in the night and doing really cool stuff. So it's definitely something that people should definitely pay more attention to. And I think would definitely, there's, there's more value, I think, you know, in, in, in being there and then, and doing the whole thing than than I think is monetarily what you get from, you know, from paying for the ticket. So I know Bedford's do a great job of putting that on. And and for me, like when I was there as a speaker, it's great to meet people like yourself and, and, and others. And, you know, I, I met the guy from, from road and, and my entire equipment now for my podcast is road equipment because of that connection, you know, it's, so it's great for everybody. And, and it's, it's such a cool spot and everyone's so nice. You know, it's something about the photography world that like, you just, it, you know, it's people ask questions, right? It's, it's a nice kind of immersive place to be. Absolutely. And, and like you said, Bedford does an amazing job uh, putting this together. And, you know, uh, I, I first believe it when they say it's, it's the nation's most interactive uh, photo or, you know, photo photography convention, because like you, like you just outlined, there's so much to do and, you know, completely get, jump in and be hands on with stuff. It's, Bedford's is a uh, pretty cool people. 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, most of them. Eric's not that cool, but most. Well, of them. Yeah, Eric. Yeah, we don't talk about him. <laughs> we don't talk about that road guy either because I've spent too much money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, that's uh, that's the problem with their equipment. It's so good. But mm-hmm. f- finishing up, what are you kind of excited about? You know, coming towards the end of the year, fourth quarter. Uh, you know, do you have any more trips planned? And 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 then what? Uh, you know. And any insights into just what you know what you have planned and what's coming up yeah so i am super excited about uh the rest of the season uh for the milky way right uh, we've got a big trip coming up uh, it's called i named it treasures of the southwest we're doing like six days in bluff utah uh in the surrounding areas and there's some amazing places down there that we've uh, found and scouted and some areas that are not very well photographed, but they they should be. Uh, so it's really cool to take people to places like that that haven't been necessarily discovered by the masses yet. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. Uh, in fact, I've, I've still got three slots left on that one. Uh, if anybody's interested and they want to come out and see some, some awesome places, uh, they can come out and check that out with me. Um, Anytime you sign up for a workshop through me, uh, all it's it's kind of all inclusive. All you have to do is get yourself to the location. Other than that, I take care of transportation and meals and lodging. It's all there. So we we do we do a good job of taking care of people. But um, after that, that'll be the last workshop of the year. But I've got some uh, arts festivals coming up. Uh, one in one in Dallas and one in Phoenix. So I'm excited about that, and I kind of take a break for about a month, month and a half or so for the holidays, and we'll get back at it next next year for with some Aurora workshops in in Alaska, and we're gonna, those are always a blast. Those are a ton uh, of fun, and we're going to look forward to doing a another wildlife adventure in Alaska where we're going to tack on and maybe go to uh, Seward and have so, you know a great. Uh, a very nice, very nice boat tour uh, up into some fjords and and see some amazing parts of Alaska that you know you can't see from land. So uh, we'll tie that in with the bear adventure, and uh, it's, we're kind of working on the dates on that. So I don't know, lots of lots to look forward to. Uh, I'm just yeah. super super excited about everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the best thing about having, having your own business too is you can take a month off, plan and reset, and go again, which is awesome. But um, mate, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out. Excited to, to hear you speak at Photocon. And for people listening, they can go follow you on Instagram at 319 underscore photography. Website is 319photography.com, which I'll post all the links below. And another reminder, Photocon is October 20th to the 22nd. And you can go to photoconokc.com to check the website and buy some tickets. And hopefully we'll see you there. Awesome. I look forward to seeing everybody out there. Definitely. Thanks, mate. We'll uh, talk to you soon. I appreciate you, Mike. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at OklahomaHOF. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and finally our third sponsor for today the oklahoma 988 mental health lifeline 
988 is the direct three-digit lifeline that connects you with the trained behavioral health professionals that can get all Oklahomans the help that they need. Learn more by visiting 988oklahoma.com. It's 988oklahoma.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.